Chapter Five, Part Two of Angels of the Battlefield. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Angels of the Battlefield by George Barton. St. Louis Military Hospital, Part Two. Reverend John Bannon, S.J., was one of the priests who performed efficient service as a chaplain during the war father bannon is now spending the autumn of his life in performing the works of mercy and charity which go to make up the life of a good priest at st patrick's cathedral dublin ireland writing of his wartime experience in a letter dated december tenth eighteen ninety seven he says twice only did i come into relations with the sisters hospitals the first time was at corinth mississippi after my arrival with the missouri troops from arkansas there i found the sisters of charity bonnet blanc from mobile alabama in possession of a hospital located in a large brick building situated on a hill overlooking a railroad crossing for the town of corinth was little more at that time during the temporary illness of father coyle who was chaplain of the nuns i visited the hospital for him a few times on one occasion a sister indicated to me a cot in a distant corner of the ward whereon lay a large burly man heavily bearded and of uncompromising aspect he had been questioning the sister about her religion and desired further explanations so i was asked to go see him and give him satisfaction after a few questions about his home and family and wounds and personal comfort i asked him about the nursing and treatment of the hospital a question which brought him to attention for he sat upright in bed looking at me sternly and almost fiercely said see now mister if you come here to spy after the sisters you're in the wrong shop there's not a man wouldn't rise again you if you said a word agin them don't do it don't do it or i'll and he fell back exhausted but my friend i said i'm a friend of theirs i'm a priest a priest he repeated and then sitting up again he called out sister sister this man says he's a priest is he to which the sister answered yes and he fell back saying all right mister now i want to know if any man ever believed such things as the sister told me i assured him that i believed them all and had come at the sister's request to explain them to him all right mister go ahead now so i proceeded to speak of god and the trinity and principal mysteries he demurred to every word i said especially to the mystery of the blessed trinity and to each new installment of doctrine would sit up in bed and call to the sister at the other end of the ward repeat to her my statement and ask her was that true to which when she answered yes he would fall back on his pillow and with a sigh of resignation say all right mister go ahead now i believe it and so on he accepted my teaching only on the word of the sister and on his faith in the sister i baptized him and left him happy i had not reached the door of the ward when he called me back say mister do you reckon i'll get better yes i think so at least i hope so his countenance fell visibly but after a few seconds he looked up and said whisper down nearer to me and so pulling my head quite close to his mouth he whispered if i get well i'll have to leave the sisters i'd rather stay and die than leave them good-bye god bless ye pray for me and so we parted subsequently i heard dr lynch late bishop of charleston narrate a very like experience 
the only other occasion that i remember visiting a sister's hospital was before the siege of vicksburg at jacksonville mississippi the hospital was located in a large hotel downtown as i entered the door i found the hallway occupied for its length by two rows of sick soldiers stretched out on the floor each wrapped in his old worn blanket with his small bundle for a pillow a tall gaunt poor fellow had just come in and was spreading his blanket preparing to lie down a sister approached and asked him for his ticket he made no answer but having finished his preparations lay down and then proceeded to search for the paper when found after a long search he handed it to the sister who glancing at it said my good man this is not for us it is for the hospital in the capital that might be he answered and i reckon it is but that don't matter anyhow this is my hospital and i'll stay here whatever the ticket's for think i'm going anywhere but the sisters and so he was tolerated and adopted by the sisters for though inconvenient to the nuns it was consoling and encouraging to them when they found their services so appreciated by their patients from jacksonville i went to port gibson and then to vicksburg there were not any sisters at either place after the fall of vicksburg i went to mobile where i visited the sisters hospital but was not on duty there or elsewhere up to my departure for europe by the steamer r e lee via wilmington north carolina and halifax many of the episodes of the war with which the sisters were associated would in their intensity and uniqueness furnish the basis for stories and dramas more wonderful than anything yet written by the novelists or constructed by the playwrights here was frequently illustrated the poet's contention that truth is stranger than fiction one instance containing all of the elements that go to make up a romance comes to mind the two principal figures in it were a sweet sister of charity burning with love for her fellow-creatures and willing to lay down life itself in the cause of suffering humanity and a brave soldier filled with patriotism for his country brought to the point of death by a malignant fever nursed back to life and finally twenty-five years after the war giving an exhibition of gratitude as rare as it is beautiful thomas trahey was born in detroit michigan in eighteen forty four and was the only son of devoted parents when the war began he was about seventeen years of age flushed with the vigor and energy of youth he desired to enlist at once he did not succeed in carrying out his wish however until august eighteen sixty two when he enlisted in company h sixteenth michigan volunteer infantry when he was mustered out at the close of the war it was a sergeant of his command he was commended many times by his superiors for gallantry in action in the battle of fredericksburg december thirteenth eighteen sixty two he was struck by the fragment of a shell and severely wounded in the left breast he was left on the battlefield all night but finally received attention at the hands of dr r f weir who was in charge of the hospital at frederick city Trahey recovered from this and went to the front again with his regiment. After the Battle of Gettysburg, he was taken with typhoid fever, which soon assumed a malignant form. Dr. Gray of Philadelphia, who was in charge of Barracks H in the United States General Hospital at Frederick City, made a careful diagnosis of the case and said that Trahey, who was weakened from the effects of his previous wounds and suffering, could not possibly recover it was at this juncture that sister louise appeared upon the scene she inquired if careful nursing would not save the man's life 
the physician said that it was one chance in a thousand but that if anything could prolong the soldier's existence it was the patient and persistent care and watchfulness of a sister of charity then she exclaimed i will undertake the case sister louise had been detailed from the mother-house at emmitsburg and though young in years had acquired considerable experience which added to her marvellous devotedness to duty and self-forgetfulness had made her phenomenally successful in the hospitals and camps she was born of french-canadian parents in toronto she was a devout child and early gave evidence of a desire to embrace the religious state consequently the whole of her early childhood was a preparation for the life she was to enter at an early age she came to the united states and took the vows of chastity poverty and obedience and became a daughter of st vincent at the time she was performing her labors at frederick city she was only nineteen years of age and was moreover possessed of an unusual beauty day and night she remained at the bedside of her patient frequently depriving herself of food and rest in order to minister to his slightest wish finally he recovered only to have a relapse which resulted in a severe case of smallpox this did not dismay the devoted nurse she renewed her energies for three weeks after he became convalescent the sister fed him with a spoon just as the patient was pronounced out of danger the sister was ordered away to another station where her pious attentions were given to other cases as serious and as dangerous as the ordeal she had just gone through sergeant trahey returned to the front from his hospital cot and was wounded once again at white oak road virginia on march twenty ninth eighteen sixty five he recovered and soon after at the termination of the war returned to his home for several years he was unable by reason of his weakened physical condition to perform any of the ordinary duties of life after he had recovered he determined to seek the whereabouts of the sister in order to thank her for the self-sacrificing care she had taken of him during the most critical period of his life as he expressed it at the time he was willing to travel from maine to california merely to get a glimpse of her holy face sergeant trahey first wrote to the mother house of the order at emmitsburg maryland and received a reply that sister louise had been ordered to st louis soon after the war and had died there in eighteen sixty seven of malignant typhoid fever the same disease that had so nearly ended the life of the soldier she expired at the ninth and madison streets hospital st louis and was buried in calvary cemetery in that city the grateful soldier had the grave cared for and decorated it with religious regularity on each recurring memorial day frequently he would visit the grave in company with his wife and family performing a pious pilgrimage at once picturesque and edifying the desire to render the memory of sister louise some service took a strong hold on him at this time he determined that the good sister should have a better tombstone than the modest little headpiece that occupied a place over her grave that there could possibly be any objection to such an act of devotion and gratitude never once occurred to the old soldier he had the stone cut at a nearby marble yard but when the matter was brought to the attention of the superintendent of the cemetery the latter sent a communication to the church authorities recommending that the request be refused as the grave was already provided with such a headstone as marked the resting-places of other members of the order at last the veteran called on sister magdalena the local superior and gave her a full account of the case 
he recited in detail the unusual service that had been rendered him by the deceased sister the superior questioned him very closely regarding the character of the stone that he desired to erect and was particularly anxious to know its exact dimensions she was very much impressed with his story and expressed a desire to accede to his wishes if it could be done without ostentation or the appearance of any unnecessary show in the sisters section of the cemetery she took his request under advisement and early in eighteen ninety five he was given permission to erect the stone the simple monument of a sister's devotion to duty and an old soldier's gratitude is in the shape of a rustic cross beautifully engraved on it is inscribed the following to sister regina lacroix died march eighteen sixty seven in this city erected as a tribute of gratitude from an old soldier t t the grave is regularly decorated with choice plants and flowers and on memorial day especially it attracts hundreds of visitors the old soldier with a show of pardonable pride says there is nothing like it that has been erected over the grave of a sister of charity by any old soldier during or since the war in this country the name upon the cross over the grave was the name of the sister in the world she was known in religion by the title of sister louise speaking of the services rendered to him by sister louise sergeant trahey says she was my only attendant and no mother could have been more tender or faithful she brought me dainties which i knew were almost priceless at the time and books that were as rare as gold and in a thousand ways did she add to my obligations naturally i became greatly attached to her and there was nothing in reason that i could do to perpetuate her memory that i would not do her beautiful face and kind attentions have ever remained to me as one of the most precious memories of my existence i have not the slightest doubt but that she saved my life a glass of water given me from her hand seemed to infuse new life and strength into me whenever she approached my humble cot she brought sunshine and holiness with her every time i meet a sister of charity upon the street i am reminded of my ever faithful nurse i say and i repeat with all reverence and fervency god bless her i believe she is now praying for me in heaven this is one of the romances of the war illustrating in a high degree the heroism of self-sacrifice and the beauty of gratitude there are no doubt many other similar incidents on record differing somewhat in detail but all tending to show the love and reverence that invariably followed the noble self-sacrifices of the sisters end of chapter five part two